Hey, yo, what's up, guys? Thanks for listening to Contrast Comedy, the black and white comedy. I'm one of your hosts, Teddy B. And I'm Jerry Corley, a.k.a. The Joke Doctor. Yeah, and I'm working on being the joke practitioner, so you better check it out. We're going to come to a, a, a clinic near you. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever that means. <laughs> Here we go. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Nah, but seriously, though. So, uh, Nate Bergazzi hosting SNL. Yeah. How was that? I don't know. I haven't watched it yet. He, he did a great job. Um, in fact, a uh, couple of the sketches they said were some of the best in SNL history. Oh, wow. And I was like, if we look at one, the one where he plays George Washington, that's the one they were saying, this is one of the best, not in history, in a long time. Mm-hmm. Some of the best sketches. The, the, this is one of the best sketches they've done in a long time. And it's like, uh, his acting isn't great. But the mechanics of the material are, yeah. and it's like they obviously use the listening technique to get to the jokes, mm-hmm. you know, which I thought was um, uh, really important was uh, to notice that. Plus, the structure of the sketch itself was a traditional format of A story, B story with what's called the C runner. Right. And it's like um, and in two of the main sketches that were played. The black character was the sea runner. <laughs> What's the sea runner? A sea that- runner is like a running gag in a stand-up. Oh, okay, got it. You have a kind of a through line that keeps repeating. Uh-huh. It comes in there. So it was interesting to me that two of the sketches that they did, uh, the black character was the sea runner. <laughs> so, and, you know, if you want to go take a look at it, we can see that uh, how the sketch rolls out. Uh, yeah. I got it on my desk here. And so we could share. Yeah, definitely do it. Do it. I ended up doing uh, some stand up yesterday and I did the I took the I took the advice of like you were saying during the uh, Bernie Mac a la carte because I Uh I because I was being more in my being more like talking to the crowd and everything like that. And again, I got to work on practicing because when I when I you when I talk to the crowd, but then you try to go back to your material. You know what I'm saying? And like, I was talking to the crowd, everything was good. And then I went to try to go back to my blurred shit and I couldn't like, it was just like, can't compute. I kept like, I was like a broken record, blurred, blurred, blurred. I just kept saying that. And then I had to catch myself and I was like, what the fuck am I doing? And then I paused for like, it felt like forever, but it was probably like two to three seconds. And then I kicked into this new joke. I got the laughs going and then I just got back on track. And so that was cool. <laughs> and then That's I, cool. Yeah. That, but, but it was just literally, it was just like, I got to work on like, it's almost like a practice of when you do talking to somebody, talking to somebody, but going to your material, but not getting like that scratch in the record where you can't go anymore. Yeah, that's a, that's a common thing where you get um, you're trying to figure your brain is trying to connect because it's practiced this transition from joke to joke to joke or whatever. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you do something that breaks that transition. Yeah. And and it's sometimes a neuro neuroscientifically, it has to do with how long you've been rehearsing that piece. You might be at a crucial point from pushing from short term into long term memory. And then um, and then you so that's where the glitch happens. And so your brain glitches out a little bit, trying yeah. to find its place. Plus, you got adrenaline, 
And remember, if it's adrenaline, usually cuts off your ability to 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 access your short term memory because all it wants to do is uh, it wants to you know when your adrenaline's going, adrenaline's fight or flight. You know, it's like we want to cut off thinking about anything else. We're either going to stay and survive or we're going to run. Yeah. And it's like, um, so it won't let you access other information. And the more you rehearse, that's why you rehearse a lot because you begin to push it into long-term memory and then adrenaline doesn't really have a, yeah, have, have a chance. It's yeah. like almost automatic that, you know, of course you're going to remember this. So anyway, uh, here's the sketch. Yeah. Now, uh, so we'll see, watch how they use the, um, uh, uh, so Keenan starts out with, he's ha- he has the first line. Okay. And he actually is the, th- winds up being the through line of the entire sketch. But the A story, B story is Revolutionary War, George Washington, um, uh, you know, is giving his troops a pep talk and basically says, we're going to have a whole different system of weights and measures. That's the that's the crux of it. So that's Revolutionary War, fighting for freedom, liberty, and the liberty is weights and measures. So that's the A story, B story. And then the C runner is Keenan's story that kind of flows through here. Okay. I hear the British are sending another 5,000 troops. How will we ever win this war? By remembering what we fight for. General Washington. Sit, please. We need your strength for the fight ahead. We fight for a country of our own, a new nation, where we choose our own laws. Here, here, said, sir. Choose our own leaders. Yes, Yes, sir. sir. And choose our own systems of weights and measures. Weights and measures, sir? Yes. Yes, I dream of that one day. Our proud nation will measure weights in pounds, and that 2,000 pounds shall be called a ton. And what will 1,000 pounds be called, sir? Nothing. Because we will have no word for that. Seems like we should have a word for 1,000 pounds, sir. And yet we won't. Because we are free men. And we will be free to measure liquids in liters and milliliters. But not all liquids, only soda, wine, and alcohol. Only those, sir. Yes. Because for milk and paint, we will use gallons, pints, and quarts, God will. How many liters are in a gallon, sir? Nobody knows. new country what plans are there for men of color such as i distance will be measured in inches feet yards and miles so 12 inches to a foot uh 12 feet to a yard if it were only so simple three feet to a yard and uh how many yards to a mile nobody knows okay well how many feet to a mile 5,280, of course. It's a simple number that everyone will remember. Let's confess, it feels a little complicated, sir. Why not use meters and kilometers? We will, soldier. 
but only at certain and popular sports like track and swimming. <laughs> For popular sports like football, we will use yards. Football, sir? Yes. It's a sport where you throw a ball with your hands. <laughs> so in football, there is no kicking? There's a little kicking. Kick the ball to get points. How many points, sir? Sometimes one and sometimes three. Very confused, sir. Do not worry. For our new nation, we will have rulers with two sets of numbers. Inches on one side, centimeters on the other. So we can see where they line up. Yes, except that they don't line up and they never will. Liberty, son. Liberty. And the slaves, sir. What of them? You asked about the temperature. I did not. <laughs> we, we shall have two different unrelated scales of temperature. One of them will make sense to the entire world, and the other will be super random. Our great nation will use the random one. What is the scale called, sir? Fahrenheit. Spell that for me? Impossible. <laughs> but one day, if we are brave, we will get rid of you and a lot of British words like color and armor. But by God, we will keep the British you and the word glamour. <laughs> Only glamour, sir? Only glamour. That is my dream for our countrymen. A melting pot of different measurements that will make Europeans throw little tantrums. In short, a land of liberty where all men are free. <laughs> all men are free, right? So you see how the how I hear the, the runner are sending another five thousand troops. How will we ever? So you see how the runner comes through yeah. in the beginning and in the middle and at the end. Yeah. So that's usually what's called a C runner, C story runner. So it's like you have A story, B story, C story, and the C story winds up being the runner. And, and sometimes usually it starts the, the, the sketch, shows up again in the middle, and then comes back okay. at the end to, to give it a through line that we didn't see or expect as part of it. So, um, cause the whole thing was about weights and measures. And then in there we have that profound through line. It's oh, like, wow, we're just getting never over, answer keep the over. question. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that so, was funny. That part of it was funny. I like that part. Well delivered, well executed, well written sketch. That was, I mean, traditional writing in a sketch form it had a beginning, middle and end. It was buttoned with Keenan Thompson's mm -hmm. character. Mm -hmm. Uh, so that gives us a good way to bookend a scene. Uh, and so it's like, uh, that's, they got to traditional writing rather than trying to do something, you know, avant-garde, yeah. just stick with the, the format because audiences need to some organization of their chaos, especially in short form, uh, sketches. Right. So yeah. it's like, um, we're not doing a whole movie, you know, e even like no country for old men and there will be blood were well executed movies, but they didn't do great at the box office necessarily because they didn't have the organization that uh, audiences are used to. Yeah. Just kind of the ends. It's like, wait, what, what, what just happened here? 
Like, like, there will be there will be blood at the end. I was going. There will be refunds <laughs> because <laughs> like it, it, the character didn't arc at all. It's like, but you know, we still. I was still talking about it for days. So yeah. I was like, well, it is a piece of art. It obviously impacted me. Yeah. So, but it's not going to do well at the box office because of that fact. No, because people want that. They need the, the that story. They need the everything buttoned up and wrapped up and all that wrapped up tight. That's what they need. Even though sometimes I do like a movie that kind of ends ends vaguely, where it kind of leaves it open to the um, leaves it open to the audience to like figure out. But those movies rarely get like big in the box office. Is more where you get like your cult followings because people put in their own interpretations of the movie. Right. There's a movie called Doubt with Seymour, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, mm. where he plays a priest, and the whole movie you're wondering if he's diddling the kid. And so at the end, you still have doubt whether or not he is or not. Ah. And it's really kind of, you know, it's powerful because he doesn't seem like he is. But mm. might, there's yeah, sometimes a question there. And, uh, you know, given the nature of the Catholic Church, odds are he is. OK. Right. <laughs> so uh, that's. Hey, hold on. My son, Coda, just came home. And of course, he never checks to see what dad is doing. And he's. I got to go wipe his butt. Yeah. I'll be right back. Right. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> Boy, life's fatiguing when you have a purpose. Right? Dude. Like, once you've started to do the comedy thing, all of a sudden you got to do it's like, right? it's so, it's so crazy. It's so crazy. It's so crazy. Everything else is like an interference. It is such an interference. Even my day jobs are interference on me, man. Right? It's like, I just, oh, man. Tell and me now that. I'm like, I, I'm, I've, I'm in this YouTube thing where it's like, I'm just trying to like figure, not ne- like, not necessarily, I'm starting to figure it out. Like, okay, this is what, like, this is the things that you gotta do. Cause I'm, I enrolled into YouTube university. So I'm watching all those things. Like you gotta make sure that, you know, the first 20 seconds is like, you're hitting them with the, the boom, boom, boom. And then I'm just like, damn, I already learned this type of stuff. Now I got to turn around and learn all this new shit, but it's all good. I'm getting there. I actually added two new, two more subs. So now I'm from 27 to 29 subs. So that's good. I've updated my channel. Now I've added some banners. I've got some of that stuff. And uh, Jamar showed me this cool little uh, website where you can like take you could take like uh, your your videos, whether it's like an hour long or whatever, and put it in there. And then in the AI, what it will do is it will chop it up and make you like YouTube shorts. And then you can like send those out. And it like it basically it's going to like look to see whatever you're saying and all that. The possibility of it could go viral and then you can do that. So I did that. What, what is that? Uh, it's called is Opus, that? O-P-U-S. Oh, yeah, I heard Opus, but uh, I, I forgot about it. I yeah. was mentioned in one of those things. I'll look it up, Opus. And then I can shoot you over the referral link. And then, yeah, cool. Yeah, but that thing's pretty cool. I've been playing around with that. And then, yeah, but it's like, it's funny. Like, I'm trying to find, I'm tr- I'm. I'm trying to build something out of this because the, there's a dis. I do see a disconnect and a whole thing of like every time in life, at least when you're fond trying to like better yourself, you're taught that you know you want to be you want to be your own independent self and everything about that. But in order to really go viral or to like make it big in YouTube, it seems it's like you need to follow what everyone else is doing, you know. So it's like you need to be a leader, but then you also need to be a follower. In a right. sense, is that that's, that's right. a paradox, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's, that is a paradox of like, 
hey, you think that, oh, and this is the other thing too, where we were, where we sit there and we're all like, oh, like kids want to sit there and be like, oh, my kid wants to be a YouTube influencer. What kind of bullshit is that? No, actually, if your kid wants to be a YouTube influencer, that's a lot that has to go into it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to know how to Photoshop. You got to know how to do your pictures. You got to know how you got to be able to write. You got to be able to edit. You got to find the right lighting. You got to be able to talk to people to network, to build your teams. It's a lot of work. <laughs> it depends. Get. It depends. Like, for example, um, uh, if you go to like, um, if you're like an influencer, you look at uh, Penguin, uh-huh. right? Uh, zero, Mystical's zero, dope, one. dude. I, dude right? that guy so I think that's Charlie, right? Yeah, Charlie. Mystical. Then you Penguin. look at um, you look at um, Destiny with his blue hair. Um, no ordinary gamer, Mudahar. <laughs> yeah. Yep. They don't give a shit about lighting, right? They're talking heads. So I realized that when I spent all that time editing my last video. I think we had this conversation. Yeah, we did. We had it on the last episode. Yeah. If I can do what you're doing and people are digging it and it's like, don't try to be, get too clever. Cause you can be like, you're, you're basically giving information. You don't need, you're not, you're not an entertainment channel. Maybe yeah, a little not, bit of it's entertainment. It's not like a Mr. Beast where you're doing like, Hey, I'm doing this and you're leading people in and you're going to be doing this. Yeah. That's the thing. I'm driving a, driving a Ferrari on a track for the first time doing 200 <laughs> miles an hour. I'm not going to be doing anything like that. Here's how you tell a joke. Right? <laughs> I'm going to teach you how to tell a joke in five seconds. Doing 180 <laughs> miles an hour. Here we go. <laughs> but it's a lot, though, because it's like you got to find. And then that's the other thing is like your niche, your niche, niche, niche. Yeah, niche. <laughs> your niche. And then it's like comedy so broad that it's like, okay, what, where can I find? And this is again, me just psyching myself out with shit, but I'm like trying to find like, where am I at with this comedy niche thing? And it's like, okay, skits, but it's like, skits just seem like a lot of work. <laughs> and I was well, you're like, writing, you know, a lot of bits are basically you're focus on what you're doing piece by piece, because what you're going to do, if you, try to take it all on at once it's just too much you go through uh you know basically per, uh analysis paralysis. paralysis but if you start learning like you were learning guitar you're going to learn your fundamentals first and your scales and your chords your chord shapes and then then your bar chords and then your power chords but you got to learn them one at a time because otherwise they don't make sense yeah and if you get to try to get absorbed too much at fast like in sketch writing especially it's like if you don't know the fundamentals of how to write a joke you're not going to be able to write an effective sketch right so i think learning how to write a joke is the start and then learning your persona as it evolves out of the jokes once you learn how to write your jokes it's easier to find that persona um sometimes it's the other way where you have like that persona helps you get to the jokes but if mechanically you're writing sound jokes like that joke that we uh, that's you know yeah the joke uh, came you know, up with put my, put my dick into a loophole yeah that's, uh, just that's funny. a that's a funny joke yeah. um I was like that was funny how that sort of evolved I was like yes that evolved <laughs> I was like I see what he's saying here and so, then was, oh go ahead and then it was I was writing it I was going um. And I, I didn't know where I was starting. I was just like, you know, you got to put it in some sort of context. I said, what kind of context will we put it in? It's like, first of all, not getting laid. So I wrote a joke about that. I haven't been laid in uh, in about uh, one year in dog years. Quick little reverse, right? right. So you get a little tickle there. You got to pause because they got to do the math. And they're going to go, hee, hee, hee. And you go, um, so I've been thinking about hiring a prostitute. 
but I don't want to go to jail because then I'll wind up accomplishing because if I do go to jail, I'll wind up getting laid, but not, but not the, the way I want. Yeah. <laughs> and that's another joke. That's another joke right there. <laughs> and so then I finally realized you could actually hire a sex therapist. They actually walk you through how to how to do good intercourse. And it's, it's like, like legal prostitution. <laughs> you can, and your my my health insurance will pay for that. It my will cover it. Will cover it. <laughs> like, holy shit! It's like a. So it's like it's like legal <laughs> prostitution. <laughs> so and I'm excited because my my first appointment's tomorrow, and uh, I can't wait to know what it feels like to stick my dick into a loophole. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great joke. It's a great joke. So, but you you had all the elements in the setup and what you had said earlier in the ponderable. Mm-hmm. So just putting it into context was like, like get that ending that what a coincidence that loophole yeah. hole stick my dick into a and loophole. The, the thing too is like I I I start like because I do a lot of talking. I talk it. That's why I need to start using my otter more often because I I do a lot of talking. I'm a, a more audible person. And basically everything that you started saying about how the joke was, that's kind of like how I was talking it out yesterday. But then I was like, that seems a little too long and drawn out. So how? Let me just condense it and then try to do it as right. a ponderable. But yeah, that's cool. That's a way to do it too, right? So in this case, though, I figured if I'm gonna have make if I'm gonna make it longer, it's gotta have uh, it's gotta have jokes. Go give me the no controller, the and I got the batteries. Hurry up! Yeah. And then, like, another thing is like, so, uh, uh like the other niche or niche, niche, niche. Damn, all these words are so. It's, it, it is niche, by the way. I looked it up because I always said niche, niche. I do the same thing. Wait a second. I looked it up. Finally, go okay, niche. It is niche. But the uh, the uh, the the other one is like because it's like. There's this I feel like there's this contention with with Zoom comedy, right? You got your you got your me and you were both on the same page, but then you got your people they're your wannabe purist comics where they say Zoom comedy isn't great because it's not really comedy because you're not talking you're not really like live in front of people and all that bullshit. But my yeah. thing is this, you don't see a lot of like when I when I type into YouTube Zoom comedy, I don't see anything. You know, it's like very rare. So I'm like Maybe that might be an avenue for me to like start posting a lot of my Zoom stuff. And so people could say, oh, shit, there's Zoom comedy. Oh, shit. TJM does open mics and it kind of like works as a two way thing. Bring more people to open mic. Jason might like that. And then plus it shows people that because there, I believe there's comics out there that are probably looking for a place to do stuff. when not where you can't get out all the time, you know, so it's just besides do it. It's going to be making a new channel. And uh, also you need releases from everybody who's on. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, I forgot about that. That's fine. It could be a blanket thing where you say in order to join this, you have to be cool with, uh, you know, you have to let us know whether you're cool with it's going out on YouTube. Um, And if they say yes, maybe that's you edit out the people who don't. Mm -hmm want to do it and then you keep the people that do want to do it because i think it's a fascinating thing to do try it out because what i was i thought of years ago was there's a guy on twitch and he was a guy i was on the road with yeah and he's a gamer and when we're on the you know when we're on the road he'd bring his gaming system and hook it up to the hotel tv and be playing 
And I, you know, knock on his door the next day. Well, we got we got to hit the road and get to the next town. And he was like, I said, I, I said to him one time, you know, if you spent more time writing jokes than playing video games, you'd be a much better comedian. And then, um, but he just played his games. Then years later, he's got this thing on Twitch where he has fifty thousand subscribers that pay him five dollars a month to see him game, and the dude's making a million dollars a year. I'm like, so I have to eat crow because, of course, he. <laughs> <laughs> found a way to do what he loves and get paid, which is fucking amazing. And then um, then every Wednesdays, he was doing a comedy night where the comedians that were on this Northwestern tour had a dark night. It was Wednesday. They'd go out to his place out on the coast and he had, you know, they'd sit in front of a green screen and do their jokes to camera. Huh. And um, he would let his followers know it's comedy night tonight. Remember, this is how it works. Uh, they can't hear your laughter, but they can hear the cha-ching of when you donate. So it's like anytime you think something funny, hit that hit that donate button and they're donating, you know, whatever it is, a dollar, a dollar, two dollars, one ninety nine, two ninety nine, ninety nine. So they. Yeah. So Dave Connolly, my student, says, ah, you know, it's like a Pat, Pat. Wilson, she was a booker in that area, wants me to go out to the go out to Newport uh, to go do this guy's podcast and is like in front of a green screen. I don't know whether I should do it or not. I said, I think you should do it. First of all, you'd get on the booker's good side and do something she asked you to do for her. Obviously, there's something going on that makes this worthwhile. And it's like in a long run or the short run. And uh, so if you do it, plus you get a chance to just get out there, meet somebody new and talk. Yeah. So he goes out there and he calls me about 11 o'clock at night. He goes, you won't believe this. I just went there and did 30 minutes in front of this green screen. And now I've got $600 more in my PayPal. <laughs> so I was like, how do we in our yeah. studio harness this energy from the world? And I know people are hyper curious about mics, open mics, first time yeah. comedy, because um, we did a test in our workshop one time in Vegas, which was we were at the Treasure Island mm -hmm. and we were doing we we're in the showroom that's dark during the day where you're we using the showroom to do a um to do a uh, and the shows their show started at 10 o'clock at night so uh we did an open mic at uh after the course at 5 p.m and did a two-hour mic and we, they had the guy helped us fill the guy i introduced yeah. him to he uh had um some uh wranglers uh, walking around the casino at Treasure Island, handing out flyers, inviting people to see comedians do comedy for the very first time. That was the hook. And 50 people showed up hmm. to see it. And they were all fascinated. And they only got up there and did two minutes each. Right. And so yeah. it was like um, they were basically, oh, I'm just going to do this uh, this exercise for my class today. And everybody wanted more information about the class. Oh, yeah. So they were. So in this case, you can do this open mic. A lot of these guys are new, you know, some first time comics. Maybe maybe that's the angle. Right. You know, some people, very first time comics, maybe have a special mic where they're there. It's their first time or their first year. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like and then you could go either you can either stream it live or you can record it and then put it up online as an open mic, some comics performing for the very first time in a Zoom comedy format. I like that idea. I like so that it's like, idea. What's the angle you want to sell? And then see, because I think there's an audience out there. People are curious and want to check it out. <laughs> check in next week. We're going to have like some of the same comics, some of the new comics, trying out brand new material for the first time 
So it's like this could be this could be really great or it could be a dumpster fire. But it's either way, it's gonna be fun. <laughs> but the thing about doing it on YouTube Live though is I gotta we gotta make sure we're not because we're comics and we're, we're we're gonna be censored. So we gotta make sure not saying certain things. Gotta it has to be PG or PG thirteen, right? But I don't or, know, you can say fuck as long as it's not in the first thirty seconds. <laughs> Because if you listen to No Ordinary Gamer and Charlie, yeah, they all, they, they all, language. they, they, yeah, they, and that's the other funny thing is like some, like some of these YouTubers, I, they use the language, and then there's other, there's certain words that they will blur out or bleep out, and then there's other words that you you can say. It's so fucking, the, but it's you know, and it's like monetizing the standards and practices for the for social media is totally not like totally how different, <laughs> and it's random, you know. We need George Carlin back, man. Get 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 these motherfuckers to understand certain types of words and how the yeah. words can be used. YouTube is just very random, and they do do, do favors for people who are big winners, big influencers, like that gal who was who sniper, docked, sniper wolf, yeah. you know. And, and they this, really, yeah. it's like they just you know, oh, just write an apology, you'll be fine. And yeah, and then they freaking only demonetized her for just one of the channels, even though they say apparently they they demonetized all of her channels. But from what I was hearing, because I went, I, I'm like, you, I am hooked on YouTube now. But freaking like, she was taking some of, she was taking the videos and then putting them to her other channels. But to come to find out, she's in the middle of a divorce. And so her husband or her ex is like, yo, she's the same thing that she just did with this. She did that to me where, cause he was the one who started up the whole Sniper Wolf channel. And now she's like trying to demonetize him. It's crazy, man. Shit is crazy. <laughs> yeah, man. They, and, you know, YouTube has got to get on that. So it's like that's with, you know, part of me is like when my um, my student who's a now intellectual property lawyer at Disney, mm -hmm. he saw that my one video I was doing about uh, when I was trying to do the Gaffigan video. And at first they were just like kept saying, you know, copyright, 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 yeah. copyright striking me. And so it was like, well, they weren't striking me. They were just saying you're violating copyright. And it was like and they were saying. And it was saying, oh, this is this this copyright, this this material belongs to Dom Herrera. So you can't even get the fucking comedian right. This is Jim Gaffigan. And but they and I appealed and they refused to let that appeal. It wasn't them. It's the guy who's claiming copyright. You don't own this. It's like, uh, besides, I'm allowed by law to use this so I can sue either YouTube or this guy, I think it's, I don't know who is the one who's, you know, refusing to release it yeah. because I have every fucking right to do it, to use it, to editorialize it and teach using and teach it using this material. So it's like, um, and I could fight him on it. So, um, you know, the question is, who do I go after the person? I don't know where there is actually Dom Herrera uh, or. <laughs> Uh, that's claiming the copyright or mm. Comedy Central or, or Viacom. No, I think it was actually Viacom. It was Viacom. Like it's Sue Viacom. It's probably some consultant or it's probably some like college student that they have hired that's like I, supposed I, to just go through. And all Stuart right would have to do is send a letter and they would release that copyright, you know. But do I do this with every single one? Mm. Yeah, maybe. Now that I have his letter, I can use that letter to send to others and then threaten to sue. Now, copyright's different from um, like what's the where it's like it's stuck in this like 
pretty much like what happened with Steamboat Willie, right? Mickey Mouse, he was in that thing for X amount of years, but now it's no, that's, public. No, that's in the public, public domain. Yeah, that's what's different. the difference? Okay, what's the difference public between copyright and is, public domain? Public means the copyright's expired. Okay. You could actually take somebody's, I think it's 1929 is the year. It might be different, but um, you can take a book that's basically, um, uh, you know, uh, who's now in the public domain, rewrite the book. You basically copy the book <laughs> and put it out as your own. And that's uh, and then, you know, you don't owe anybody any kind of royalties because it's no longer protected under copyright. It's now in the public domain. So like with the so, Gaffigan thing, how long is that copyright for? Or, or is, 50, is that 50 different? years or 75 okay. years, something like okay. that. All right. Never mind. So it's like it's not in the public domain. It's just that he otherwise he wouldn't be able to claim copyright. Yeah. But that's also a problem with YouTube's copyright system. They let random people, whoever they want, claim copyright. Yep. Now, I saw a full version of Stretch on YouTube. Whoa. And I said, this is copyright. Uh, I let YouTube know this is a copyright violation. And they're like, no, it's not. <laughs> what? I go, fuck, it isn't. <laughs> they're buried your whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> what was their reasoning behind they that? They couldn't. They didn't. Then they, they stopped contacting uh, you. You only get, you know, the only way you communicate is click a bubble yeah. of, you know, that says it's this. <laughs> and then I would have to go, I had to hire a lawyer, send a letter, go through all that shit. I was like, don't I get really not getting a lot of royalties from this anymore anyway. So. <laughs> yeah, fuck it, whatever. I was, you know, at a certain point, I would get more royalties <laughs> referring people to buy the DVD <laughs> from the Amazon <laughs> or Prime. Just, just use my link. <laughs> yeah, use my link. I'm getting... You get five dollars per purchase. <laughs> That's fucking. Those, funny, those bro. making more money than my foreign royalties. Uh, 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 uh. That is fucking funny. But Man, um, dude. yeah. <laughs> It's just wild, man. This I'm this I'm I'm very very fascinated with this whole YouTube. Oh, speaking of um, so with fair use, parody falls under. So if you want to parody a yes. song, that falls under fair use. Yes, cool. Because I'm gonna I'm gonna parody uh Portishead's uh Sour Times, and I'm gonna make it about how nobody subs me on uh on YouTube. I I had I got the lyrics. I'm working on it, and now I just got to get the the match the my my words with the music, and then I'm gonna make that happen. I'm gonna make a music video. <laughs> so Disney, like Disney, has made 50 movies, or at least 50 movies on the list uh, that Disney made that were based on. Mark Twain, uh, or based on uh, works that were now in the public domain, so they owed no royalties. Yeah, that like was kind of their White. move. Yes, yeah, uh, no. Adventures of Huck Finn, Tom and Huck, Sawyer's Adventures of Tom Sawyer, Aladdin, One Thousand One Nights, uh, and that revenue made five hundred four million dollars. Jeez, right? So Aladdin was based on a folktale from called One Thousand and One Nights uh, in seventeen oh six. And they made a five hundred four million dollars. They didn't have to pay a dime in royalties. <laughs> Alice in Wonderland, uh, uh, around the world in eighty days. Two so leagues under the sea. Dude, yeah, man, <laughs> that's crazy, Beauty and the Beast bro. made four hundred twenty-five million. <laughs> that's crazy. And it was based on uh, um, G.S. Barbeau, uh, de Velen uh, Velenuve's book. 
Uh, why don't we see more the beast why don't we see more of those movies nowadays i mean that seems like a great way to save money (laughs) because people don't a lot of people don't know about this So there's a book right now called, uh, I think it's called The uh, Science of the Human Mind or something like that. It's based on the Church of Science, right? Not just Scientology, but the oh. Church of Science. Uh, What's the human- difference? Oh, Scientology is a fucking, it was based on a comic It's the dude, yeah, because I remember seeing that book as a commercial where it like yeah, pops out of the volcano. <laughs> yeah, Dietetics. it's L. L. Ron Hubbard. Hubbard, man. yeah. L. Ron Hubbard made that <laughs> book, made that from, uh, from basically he wrote some comic, uh, a comic book <laughs> on this whole thing uh, and then a uh, comic book series and basically turned that into a... Uh, a full-blown religion. Turned into a full-blown religion clear and um and then you know from that was able to make millions yeah now i i know um you know l ron hubbard one of l ron hubbard's daughters she was in my class no way yeah we had nice conversation about that whole thing did they see they try to convert you oh (laughs) he was a science fiction writer jerry I lived on a yacht for two years because uh, he was trying to evade the IRS and find until he finally won his court case that that was a real religion. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. She's like, I don't believe in any of that because it was based on science fiction. <laughs> people buy into it, man. But a lot of people have become successful because they buy into it. Dude, Tom Cruise. Yeah. Danny Masterson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look what happened to Danny Masterson. Same thing that probably happened to him when he joined Scientology. <laughs> he said, well, if they could do it to me, I could do it to other people. <laughs> oh, man. But it's you crazy. know some of those people are probably just down low. You know, come on. <sighs> yeah. They're on the DL. <laughs> and I don't know. I don't but know they, that for a fact. But the thing is this, right? What's so funny is that they people, especially on the right, or especially the people that are really not even on the right, people that are just really like deep into conspiracy theories, they sit there and they want to say about how Hollywood is so bad and how Hollywood is doing all these bad things. But when you actually, when people do the research and these news and articles come out, it's usually religion that are the ones that are doing the bad things. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, that's called projection, right? You see this a lot on the right. They project, they point the finger as viciously and vehemently as possible and yell at the top of their lungs. They're doing this. They're stealing an election. In the meantime, they're, they're, they're 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 raiding uh you know uh precincts and their ballots and they're trying to you know that's what's happening on the right it's like that's it's like they're all saying that this it's fake news and they're yeah. in the meantime they're up there spreading this fake news you know Biden's gay everybody knows it that's what I've heard some people have said this <laughs> he's a clone he's a clone he's a clone he's not even real. <laughs> I'm real. I know more than the generals. <laughs> and it's just everything that he's pointing his finger at and saying, claiming is what they're doing. 
And it's like a typical narcissistic move. I don't know if people know this, but the the field of psychology had to come up with a new level of narcissism because of Trump. It's no level, way. They have a level five now. It's a level because, five because of narcissism? Yeah. What's that level called? That's just called fucking whack job. Right? <laughs> it's like, I can't believe that you're being bought, you're buying into this con. It's like, which goes to show either the genius of Trump in his narcissism um, that uh, that he knows that people are that fucking stupid to buy into it. It's like, it's like it's obviously right in front of your face, but it's also the psychology of fandom. Yes. It's like you take a whole bunch of Patriots fans and you go, Route was nine. his foot in or out? And they're like, clearly, you watch that replay. Was the ball the is, filled? Was the yeah. ball flat or was it? <laughs> and that's nuance, right? Right. They can say, well, they can see that oh, well, 12 of those footballs had three pounds less air in them. <laughs> No, they didn't. No, they didn't. Well, an investigation went on and they proved it true. And and then uh, and then uh, Tom Brady smashed his uh, smartphone uh, so that nobody could check his texts. Yeah. You know, but it was like, um, what did that one part where the ball, this guy was on his foot was out and they showed the replay a hundred times. His foot's out. And you've got Patriots fans screaming at the top of their lungs. No, it wasn't. It was in. <laughs> Stop your crying. Stop your crying. <laughs> Snowflake. <laughs> Rather than just saying, oh, we didn't get that call. That sucks. We almost. We were that close. But instead, they just go into complete denial. That's what people do in fandom. And and Trump has played into that and created quite a quite a bit of fandom. Oh, right? a, that people a do wild some stupid, bit. wild, crazy shit for this asshole. I mean, so <laughs> many people have ruined their lives and their careers because it's like because of him. I mean, Rudy Giuliani, it's over. <laughs> Sidney Powell, you pleaded guilty, Dude, bitch. Seriously, bro. Typically, you think that by you associating with the president, that usually either put that usually elevates you. You probably get a library named after you. You probably get a couple get a couple book deals and all that yeah. shit. You line up with Trump, you'll get the book deals after you get out of prison. <laughs> yeah, you get you get the book deals after they book you. <laughs> Better. It's like Kenneth Chesabro. There's a there's an attorney now pleaded guilty. Sidney Powell pleaded guilty. guilty. Uh, so you, you got uh, now Mike Lindell, the My Pillow yeah, guy. My Pillow guy. Completely ruined. Homie He's who has ruined. the tattoo of Nixon on his back. He's ruined. Yeah. What was his name? He's oh like, oh uh, yeah that uh, what's his name? Steve uh, Martin kind of looks like him. Yeah 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 yeah. He's like he's a real crazy motherfucker he's yeah. like dangerous crazy he's like a villain 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 <laughs> yeah he was the one that said fuck them fuck them we won it doesn't matter whether they say we lost we won fuck them we won <laughs> oh dude i mean trump keeps going at this point maybe people are gonna vote for nikki haley just to be yeah. like here you <laughs> oh man it's crazy bro Crazy. What was I gonna say? Uh, I was gonna say something else. There was something else. Uh, what else is going on? So I was just trying to look up his name. Who was it? I for some reason I can't get his name. Uh, I think it, like his mentor Roy Cohn. That was a uh, that was Roger uh, Cohen. Roger. No, Roger Cohen. And Michael Cohen is Michael uh, Cohen. Right. Ro- but his name his, is Roger something. It's Roger. Roger Stone. Roger Stone. That's it is. 
Roger Stone, yeah. Roger Stone, is it? Roger. Is it Roger Stone or is it Roger? There, Roger Stone. You're right, man. Roger Stone. Thanks. Wow. Thank you for finding that. That would have been one of those things that would be like in my like, head. Like right when you get ready to go to bed, you'll be like, Roger Stone. Teddy B. Send me the text. Yeah, it's yeah, Roger Stone. Sending one o'clock in the morning. Roger Stone, dude. Roger Stone. <laughs> and now I could sleep. Uh, <laughs> oh, dude. So here's something that happened to me. So this whole time I'm, I'm thinking that you know i give my i i i rate myself as far as looks go like a, a high seven a low eight that's kind of like what i rated myself and i got onto this app or i got onto like this discord yesterday where you actually can like take pictures of yourself and you send it out to the people in the discord and they'll let you know like what you look like and i do it i did that i did that last night and then i go to bed and then i went to do comedy and i wake up this morning kind of like a little bit like because I woke up late, but I'm like, hey, I remember I did that thing. Let me see if I can get myself a little like pump because I know I'm four and a half. Became dog. A <laughs> I got fours, fives, and sixes. I only got it was only one four, but that one four for like the next thirty minutes was fucking with me, man. <laughs> wow, dude. I mean, look, look. Here's the deal. If I put my picture up there. Right. And it just goes, what's society's idea of good looking? Right? Yes. Yeah. Um, like I'll tell you, uh, and I'll, I'll tell you another, uh, you know, our definition, perception versus reality. Yeah. So perception is groomed by society, right? Cover 100%. magazines and George Clooney is supposed to be handsome. Brett, Brett, uh, uh, Brad Pitt is Ryan Gosling, Ryan you know. Gosling, you know, um, so it's like now you're, uh, you put your picture up there and it's like, <laughs> They're like, he's no Ryan Gosling. He's no Brad Pitt. He's black. He's black. <laughs> and who's, who's doing this? Kids that fall into that's that shit. The, they don't the know you. They haven't heard you. They haven't hung out with you. They don't know your charisma, your sweetness, your charm, your your fa- your fa- foul abilities, your flaws, yeah. your willingness to embrace your flaws, yeah. your honesty with that. It's like that all adds into the character. Now yeah. that's a whole different rating system now. So given all of that, yes, that's uh so this is why you just rely on you're gonna rely on your stage. You're up there doing your shows, trying to be the you know, being the good guy. That's when it all comes down, right? It's like I look at me, I take a picture of me, I'm like not a fucking not even a seven, I'm a two. <laughs> you know. Uh, and it's I like, and I look at some of the women I've been able to date over the years, and some of them are really, really fucking beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful to the point where people look at her and they look at me and they're like, all right, what the fuck What's is going doing? on there? Right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so it's like, uh, but it's, it, it is, it's a persona uh, thing. It's personable. Uh, it's well, who are you? Like, I remember doing a, doing a, uh, doing uh, way back in New York days, I was like, I was working at this restaurant during the day and evening shifts and then going go out and doing sets. And um, I went out and it was this bartender who worked the front bar and his name was Sam. He's a guy who'd been around an actor. He'd been around for years. He was the wise wisdom guy, right? The, yeah. So um, I go out and I do this. I do these gigs at this regular place. I come back and the next night I was talking to him. He goes, so yeah, I went out and did the comedy spot last night. Yeah, here's something that that's weird, man. I don't know if they like people like me or they like the person they see on stage because I walk into this place. Nobody looks twice at me. I go up and do a set. I come down and everybody wants to talk to me. And it's like all these girls or these ladies want to talk to me. He goes, maybe they maybe you're more you on that stage than you are right now. 
Hmm. I go, what do you mean? He says, they get to know you while you're up there for five minutes and they like what they see. They like what they're getting to know. When they just see your face, that's just superficial. You know, but when they get to, they hear your insights and how your takes and they get to hear your charm or the, how you, your angle on things, your sense of humor. And that impacts them at an emotional level. They don't have an emotion when you walk into the room, you know, except for normal guy. Then they get to see you and they go, wait a second, there's something else going on there. So that being said, the perception versus reality. Another thing in my acting class, I remember my acting teacher, Lelia Goldoni. A uh, great acting teacher was able to cut through all my bullshit, you know, all the fucking little defense mechanisms mm-hmm. you put up. Anyway, she goes, Jerry, I want you to turn me on. I was on stage. She goes, I want you to turn me on. She was pretty, pretty eccentric, exotic Italian woman. Ooh, right? dark hair. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. So she goes, I want you to turn me on. I go, what do you mean? She goes, I just want you to turn me on. What do you mean? Like a lap dance or something like that? And I was like, she goes, no, I just want you to turn me on. Come turn me on. And it's in front of the class, right? So I know it's an exercise. And I go, and I go, I said, I go, I I don't know how. Right. And she goes, that turns me on. That turns me on because you're honest. Oh, you're vulnerable. You're real. I can trust you now. Oh, wow. My pussy's wet. And everybody laughed. And I go, really? No. (laughs) But I was like, oh, shit, what a lesson. Our perception versus reality is totally different. Totally different. That vulnerability and that charm that comes from being vulnerable. We're like, I don't know how to turn you on. (laughs) I don't know enough about you. And she goes, exactly. You can't turn me on unless you know something about me. Uh, and it's like, and that, but that turns me on because you're vulnerable. You just admit, acknowledged what most men would never acknowledge in a million years. I don't know how to turn you on. <laughs> like for me last night, <clears throat> the perception is that I felt like I sucked, but the reality is I didn't suck because like you've always said too, you gotta, you gotta like take the, you gotta look at the feedback for what it is. Granted, it's not the feedback that I want of like people like belly laughing and falling out of their seats. Like, yo, motherfucker, you're funny. But when every, every time I'm done, they're like, yo, I really like your set or that was a good set. Like I was leaving and these two drunk dudes are like, hey, yo, f- comedy man. That was fucking funny. And I was like, all right, cool. Well, I wish you would have revealed that while I was up there on the stage. <laughs> I, mean, I love that when you're on the road and say, so, you're funnier than shit. <laughs> Thank you, man. That's Thank been, you, man. That I was like, like something I've been aiming for forever. <laughs> Every time I see that shit emoji, that steaming pile of shit emoji, I'm like, oh, man, that reminds me of being on the road. You're funnier than shit. shit. That's funnier than that right there. Oh, that's good. (laughs) So it's like, yeah, man, it's uh, again, that's like a lot of that's perception versus reality, uh, too. It's like when you're up there. But look at the the class we did on Bernie Mac. Mm -hmm. Right. Bernie Mac, not a good structure guy. He had some three way buildups, but. You could you really had to search for the structure in his work, but he was so committed to the pieces and the execution of the pieces. He was connecting to that audience more through an emotional level than than any other the other comics that were on that tour, which is why he was the headliner. You know, and he didn't stop. There was not a single 10 seconds that didn't have a laugh. (laughs) So it was constant. It was constantly moving. And it was like that's and it moved with and it moved with 
story and authentic execution to his character mm-hmm. to the point where it didn't even matter if you understood what he fucking said. Because you get the emotion. You're getting yeah, that emotion and then you're feeling that and emotion transfers over. Because that's like the other thing, yeah. like the bar last night, there was like, because originally they were like, hey, can you go up first? And I was like, no, I don't I don't want to go up first. Like, I don't know. I don't like I don't like going up first. I kind of like either being like fifth or seventh in the lineup. You know what I'm saying? Because I just like to I, you want to see how everything is. You kind of want to see how the audience is. But like it's sometimes going up first is like being that sacrificial lamb and it's been and i hadn't really been on the stage in a while so i was like i didn't like i didn't want to be all up in my head so i was like no let me just go up like fifth or sixth so there was like a bunch of other cats that went up and they were just they weren't really having any emotion you know what i'm saying so it was just kind of like hey hey but majority of it was just dead (laughs) like one of the comics he got off stage he was just like i'm gonna go in my car and cry (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i was like damn and then like another comic she was all like i'm scared i'm like don't be scared just go out there and she actually and, got this, this coming from the motherfucker that said don't put me up on first <laughs> <laughs> but he don't, gave be, me a, don't be scared no <laughs> just, but if just someone, go up there and take some bullets for me <laughs> if they give you if he would have just been like hey yo dude you're up first i would have been like all right bet i'm up first you're using but this girl said, as a comedian human shield <laughs> no actually there's a couple of dudes that went up first before the girl but the but what i'm saying is this the dude who was the the host of the comic the host of the open mic he was like hey oh teddy um you're gonna be up first but if you're not ready you know you can go another time so i was like all right cool i'm not ready let me go up another time they gave me an option. Typically, though, right. if some people don't usually give you options. They just say, hey, yo, you're up first. This person's up next. And then you will sit there and be like, oh, I'm, not, oh, I'm ready. He didn't. He gave me an option. And I've always I finally took it under my head because people have always told me if you give if people give you an option, take the fucking option. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, yeah. like that's why they're giving you the option. But then you want to sit there. Oh, I don't want people to think of me as a and they also way. respect you enough to yeah. give you an option. Yeah. So you're so, like, hey, well, that's cool. That's right? cool. I appreciate it. I'll take the option. So I told her not to be scared. She actually she did. OK. And then um, the 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 producer of the show, he went on. He had the had the crowd going, everything like that. Then it was my turn. So I was like, yo, let's give it up for the host. Let's give it up for yourself. Let's give it up for Mike because that's going to be a tough act to follow. And then I just went into my shit. And then, uh, like you said before, you got to find like that table or find that that person. And let's to, give like, it up for the fact that I can still get it up. <laughs> I, I got to add that one in I there. I think I haven't I had sex in, in one in year in dog years. <laughs> and that's and, a good way to transition right into that joke. Yeah. And so I reverse. And then I saw so um, I was talking to the crowd and stuff and what what threw me off and kind of got me off the whole blurred shit was I was doing the joke about how um, I'm the type of nerd where I'm obsessed with the Marvel. I'm obsessed with the MCU. Uh, I play tons of video games and I can solve a Rubik's cube. You know, the kind that's not getting any sex from girls. And then the homie, the dude that was in the audience, he's like, oh, damn, dog, I'm sorry. And I was like, Shit! Someone's talking to me, so I'm like, okay. So I started having a conversation with him. I was like, yeah, you know, it it is what it is. You know, at least I got my Jordans, and he's all, yeah, you got dope Jordans. And then I was like, then I tried to get into the blur shit, and then that's where I just got, 
I got lost in the sauce on that. And then I was like, and then I did this joke about how I like gummy bears and that I know I'm probably going to die choking on gummy bears. So if I, so when I do die from choking on gummy bears, I hope they just say I died from bears and just left out the gummy part. <laughs> and that got the laughs going again after I had my little five, three second pause. And then I went into the whole thing about how I was in like this 13 year marriage and I ain't had sex in seven years. And then the homies all like, damn seven years no and i'm like yeah seriously he's all damn that's like seven birthdays seven valentine's days and so that was like that's two so i was like nah dog that's like seven fourth of july's and then they start laughing and i'm like man that was like seven june 19th and i ain't got it <laughs> <laughs> so they like they appreciated that that was cool and then i was like, it's hey. like that's like seven mother's days no it's not <laughs> Exactly the opposite. <laughs> because I already have two Mother's Days. Or t- you have three kids, right? Three. Three Mother's Days. <laughs> That's funny. It's like a... That's yeah, like your kid's birthday. No, it's not. It's actually the opposite of that. Because that's seven seven years of no fucking. Guess what? There's no no kids. <laughs> after you like after the th- I guess after the I guess I cursed myself because after that third kid, I was like, no more kids. No more kids. <laughs> and God said, okay, we're gonna make sure your wife doesn't fuck you. <laughs> that shit down. That goes in there. That goes in there. I like that. <laughs> I asked for it. <laughs> good shit, good shit. All right, man. Well, we did it. Another hour in the books. That's right. Perfect we did timing. the damn thing. Exactly. All right. Well, we appreciate everybody listening. Um, if you guys ever have any feedback, go ahead and send messages and do all that stuff. You do have the opportunities to do that. And again, thanks for listening to Contrast Comedy. Peace out. Peace out.